chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. Of Catina Aria, commentary on the four Gospels collected out of the works of the Fathers. Volume 2, Gospel of St. John, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 31 and 32. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Origin. After the glory of his miracles and his transfiguration, the next glorifying of the Son of Man began, when Judas went out with Satan, who had entered into him. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. For it is not the eternal only begotten word, but the glory of the man born of the seed of David, which is here meant. Christ at his death, in which he glorified God, having spoiled principalities and powers, made a show of them, openly triumphing over them, and again made peace by the blood of his cross, to reconcile all things unto himself, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. Thus the Son of Man was glorified, and God glorified in him. For Christ cannot be glorified except the Father be glorified with him. But whoever is glorified is glorified by someone. By whom then is the Son of Man glorified? He tells you, if God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Chrysostom, i.e. by himself, not by any other, and shall straightway glorify him, i.e. not at any distant time, but immediately, while he is yet on the very cross, shall his glory appear. For the sun was darkened, rocks were rent, and many bodies of those that slept arose. In this way he restores the drooping spirits of his disciples, and persuades them, instead of sorrowing, to rejoice. Augustine, or thus, the unclean went out, the clean remained with their cleanser. Thus will it be when the tares are separated from the wheat, the righteous shall shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Our Lord, foreseeing this, said, when Judas went out, as if the tares were now separated, and he left alone with the wheat. The holy apostles, now is the Son of Man glorified, as if to say, Behold, what will take place at my glorifying, at which none of the wicked shall be present, none of the righteous shall perish. He does not say, Now is the glorifying of the Son of Man signified, but now is the Son of Man glorified as it is not the rock signified Christ, but that rock was Christ. Scripture often speaks of the things signifying, as if they were the things signified. But the glorying of the Son of Man is the glorying of God in him, as he adds, and God is glorified in him, which he proceeds to explain. If God is glorified in him, for he came not to do his own will, but the will of him that sent him. God shall also glorify him in himself, so that the human nature which was assumed by the eternal word shall also be endowed with eternity, and shall straightway glorify him. 
he predicts his own resurrection, which was to follow immediately, not at the end of the world like ours. Thus it is, now is the Son of Man glorified, the now referring not to his approaching passion, but the resurrection which was immediately to follow it, as if that which was so very soon to be had already taken place. Hilary, that God is glorified in him, refers to the glory of the body, which glory is the glory of God, in that the body borrows its glory from its association with the divine nature, because God is glorified in him. Therefore, he will glorify him in himself, in that he who reigns in the glory arising from the glory of God, he forthwith passes over into God's glory, leaving the dispensation of his manhood, wholly to abide in God. Nor is he silent as to the time, and shall straightway glorify him. This referring to the glory of his resurrection, which was immediately to follow his passion, which he mentions as present, because Judas had now gone out to betray him, whereas that God would glorify him in himself. He reserves for the future. The glory of God was shown in him by the miracle of the resurrection, but he will abide in the glory of God when he has left the dispensation of subjection. The sense of these first words, now is the Son of Man glorified, is not doubtful. It is the glory of the flesh which is meant, not that of the word. But what means the next? And God is glorified in him. The Son of Man is not another person from the Son of God, for the word was made flesh. How is God glorified in this Son of Man? Who is the Son of God? The next clause helps us. If God is glorified in him, God also will glorify him in himself. A man is not glorified in himself, nor, on the other hand, does God who is glorified in man. Because he receives glory, cease to be God. So the words, God is glorified in him, either mean that Christ is glorified in the flesh, or that God is glorified in Christ. If God means Christ, it is Christ who is glorified in the flesh. If the Father, then it is the sacrament of unity, the Father glorified in the Son. Again, God glorifies in himself, God glorified in the Son of Man. This overthrows the impious doctrine that Christ is not very God, in verity of nature. For how can that which God glorifies in himself be out of himself? He whom the Father glorifies must be confessed to be in his glory. And he who is glorified in the glory of the Father must be understood to be in the same case with the Father. Origin or thus, the word glory is here used in a different sense from that which some pagans attach to it, who define glory to be the collected praises of the many. It is evident that glory in such a sense is a different thing from that mentioned in Exodus, where it is said that the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, and that the face of Moses was glorified. The glory here mentioned is something visible, a certain divine appearance in the temple and on Moses' face. But in a higher and more spiritual sense, we are glorified when, with the eye of the understanding, we penetrate into the things of God. For the mind, when it ascends above material things and spiritually sees God, is deified. 
and of this spiritual glory the visible glory on the face of moses is a figure for his mind it was that was deified by converse with god but there is no comparison between the excellent glory of christ and the knowledge of moses whereby the face of his soul was glorified for the whole of the father's glory shines upon the son who is the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person yea from the light of this whole glory there go forth particular glories throughout the whole rational creation though none can take in the whole of the divine glory except the sun so far as the sun was known to the world so far only was he glorified and as yet he was not fully known but afterward the father spread the knowledge of him over the whole world and when was the son of man glorified in those who knew him and of this glory he hath made all who know him partakers as saith the apostle we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of god are changed into the same image from glory to glory i e from his glory receive glory when he was approaching then that dispensation by which he was to become known to the world and to be glorified in the glory of those who glorified him he says now is the son of man glorified and because no man knoweth the father but the son and he to whomsoever the son will reveal him and the son by the dispensation was about to reveal the father for this reason he saith and god is glorified in him or compare this with the text below he that hath seen me hath seen the father the father who begat the word is seen in the word who is god and the image of the invisible god but the words may be taken in a larger sense for as through some the name of god was blasphemed among the gentiles so through the saints those good works are seen and acknowledged by the world the name of the father in heaven is magnified but in whom was he so glorified as in jesus who did no sin neither was guile found in his mouth such being the son he is glorified and god is glorified in him and if god is glorified in him the father returns him more than he gave for the glory of the son of man when the father glorifies him far exceeds the father's glory when he is glorified in the son it being fit that the greater should return to the greater glory and as this viz the glorifying the son of man was just about to be accomplished our lord adds and will straightway glorify him verses thirty three through thirty five little children yet a little while i am with you ye shall seek me and as i said unto the jews whither i go ye cannot come so now i say to you a new commandment i give unto you that ye love one another as i have loved you that ye also love one another by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another augustine after he had said and shall straightway glorify him that they might not think that god was going to glorify him in such a way as that he would no longer have any converse with them on earth he says little children yet a little while i am with you as if he said i shall indeed straightway be glorified by my resurrection but i shall not straightway ascend to heaven for we read in the acts of the apostles 
that he was with them forty days after his resurrection. These forty days are what he means by a little while I am with you. Origin. Little children, he says, for their souls were yet in infancy. But these little children, after his death, were made brethren. As before they were little children, they were servants. Augustine. It may be understood too thus. I am as yet in this frail flesh, even as ye are, until I die and rise again. He was with them after his resurrection by bodily presence, not by participation of human frailty. These are the words which I spake unto you, while I was yet with you. He says to his disciples after his resurrection, meaning, while I was in mortal flesh, as ye are. He was in the same flesh then with them, but not subject to the same mortality. But there is another divine presence unknown to mortal senses, of which he saith, Lo, I am with you alway, even unto the end of the world. This is not the presence meant by, A little while I am with you. For it is not a little while to the end of the world, or even if it is a little while, because that in the eye of God a thousand years are as one day, Yet what follows shows it is not what our Lord is here alluding to. For he adds, Whither I go, ye cannot follow me now. At the end of the world they were to follow him, whither he went, as he saith below, Father, I will that they be with me where I am. Origin. But may there not be a deeper meaning in the words, yet a little while, etc., after a little while he was not with them. In what sense not with them? Not because he was not with them according to the flesh, in that he was taken from them, was brought before Pilate, was crucified, descended into hell, but because they all forsook him, fulfilling his prophecy, all ye shall be offended because of me this night. He was not with them, because he only dwells with those who are worthy of him. But though they thus wandered from Jesus for a little while, it was only for a little while, they soon sought him again. Peter wept bitterly after his denial of Jesus, and by his tears sought him, and therefore it follows, Ye shall seek me, and, as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, ye cannot follow me now. To seek Jesus is to seek the word, wisdom, righteousness, truth, all which is Christ. To his disciples, therefore, who wish to follow him, not in a bodily sense, as the ignorant think, but in the way he ordains, whosoever doth not bear his cross, and come after me, cannot be my disciple. Our Lord saith, Whither I go, ye cannot follow me now. For though they wished to follow the word, and to confess him, they were not yet strong enough to do so. The Spirit was not yet given to them, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Augustine, or he means that they were not yet fit to follow him to death for righteousness' sake. For how could they, when they were not ripe for martyrdom, or how could they follow our Lord to immortality, they who were to die and not to rise again till the end of the world? Or how could they follow him to the bosom of the Father, when none could partake of that felicity? but they whose love was perfected. When he told the Jews this, he did not add now, but the disciples, though they could not follow him then, would be able to do so afterwards. 
and therefore he adds so now i say to you origin as if he said i say it to you but with the addition of now the jews who he foresaw would die in their sins would never be able to follow him but the disciples were unable only for a little time chrysostom and therefore he said little children for he did not mean to speak to them as he had to the jews ye cannot follow me now he says in order to rouse the love of his disciples for the departure of loved friends kindles all our affection and especially if they are going to a place where we cannot follow them he purposely too speaks of his death as a kind of translation a happy removal to a place where mortal bodies do not enter augustine and now he teaches them how to fit themselves to follow him a new commandment i give unto you that ye love one another but does not the old law say thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself why then does he call it a new commandment it is because it strips us of the old man and puts on us the new that it renews the hearer or rather the doer of it love does do this but it is that love which our lord distinguishes from the carnal affection as i have loved you that ye also love one another not the love with which men love one another but that of the children of the most high god who would be brethren of his only begotten son and therefore love one another with that love with which he loved them and would lead them to the fulfillment of their desires chrysostom or as i have loved you for my love has not been the payment of something owing to you but had its beginning on my side and ye ought in like manner to do one another good though ye may not owe it augustine but do not think that that greater commandment viz that we should love the lord our god is passed by for we understand the two precepts aright each is implied in the other he who loves god cannot despise his commandment that he should love his neighbor and he who loves his neighbor in a heavenly spiritual way in the neighbor loves god that is the love which our lord distinguishes from all human love when he adds as i have loved you for what did he in loving us love but god in us not who was in us but so that he might be wherefore let each of us so love the other as that by this working of love we make each other the habitations of god chrysostom passing over the miracles which they were to perform he makes love the distinguishing mark of his followers by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another this it is that evidences the saint or the disciple as he calls him augustine as if he said other gifts are shared with you by those who are not mine birth life sense reason and such good things as belong alike to men and brutes nay the tongues sacraments prophecy knowledge faith bestowing of goods upon the poor giving the body to be burned but forasmuch as they have not charity they are tinkling symbols they are nothing nothing profits them End of chapter 13, verses 31 through 35.